Warning, drinking gin will not protect you from coronavirus, cholera or the plague, nor will drinking tonic water, smoking, sitting in an open sewer or whipping yourself. Please drink responsibly. Hello and welcome back to Bloody Mother's Ruin. <laughs> it is a lockdown special, Mother's Ruin. Yes, uh, yeah, we have been extra busy, so that's why we are very, very late in having another episode. So do apologise for that. But do you know what? I haven't got a lot to do now. So I thought, you know what? Well, let's check in on our friends. Yes. And it's good to be back. Yes, it's good to be back. We have missed you very, very, very much. Yeah, I mean, like not on like, any kind of weird level. But uh, yeah, we've missed you. So I am relaxing with a nice gin. What are you having, Matthew? I'm having an Arbor gin. Agnes Arbor? Agnes Arbor. Oh, I love Agnes Arbor. Such a good gin with a Sicilian lemon. How's, oh, it, how's it going oh. for you? That's a delight. Is uh, it? It really is. I am having a, a Bodega Bay hard seltzer. Hard seltzer? Yes. Uh, they sent this to us, actually. This isn't actually a gin. It's alcoholic sparkling water. They sent us a couple of different flavours. This one's apple, ginger and acai berry. Is that how you say it? Acai. Or a Kai. Yes. And. I mean, I don't know. Pronunciations, I'm not very good with them. Hyperbole was uh, what I used to say for hyperbole. Up until, I'll be honest, a couple of months ago. <laughs> hyperbole. And what, what, what was it that uh, put you right? Um, I heard it pronounced. Oh. As it was getting read out, and it was on the. And I went, oh! Same as when I was a kid. Did you college. make that noise? Yeah, I did. I. Okay. It, was a, it, was a, it was a noise of recognition. Oh, Just checking. Like, like some sort of carry-on film noise. Yeah. Yep. So this is alcoholic sparkling water. I was excited about this because, as you know, Matthew, I love those weird drinks that are just sparkling water with like a tiny hint of flavour in them. Yes, I do not. And you do not. But I have to say, this is, it's lovely. It's not too sweet, but it's also quite sweet. Yeah, but it's got. It's got a. Uh, I must admit, because I'm. I'm not a fan of uh, the the flavored waters that pretend they're going to be full of flavor, but then lie. Uh, but that one, it's got a lovely apple taste to it. That it's one. It's very appley. Yes. Now I can't really taste the ginger, and to be honest, I don't know what acai or acai berry tastes like. So all I'm really getting from this is apple. But a hey, delicious apple. It is a alcoholic salsa. Yes. And there was another flavour, uh, lemon, elderflower and mint. Yes, and that was that was actually even nicer. Yeah, that one. That I was my favourite. Yeah, I preferred that one. But great for a summer afternoon in your garden. Or an, a winter evening in your house. And why not? Uh, no sugar, no sweeteners. Vegan as well. And vegan. There you go. So that's great. Today's episode, Matthew, yes. would you like to know what we're going to be talking about? What is it about? This is about disease. Oh, good. Thought That's we'd what keep... we need. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's probably not the best time to be talking about disease. Yeah, slight trigger warning. Yeah. Uh, there, will be, there will be mentioning uh, disease and obviously we'll mention COVID-19 because, hey, you know what? It's happening. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're not making light of it. We're just going to mention it. Yes, because I started thinking about this topic and doing a bit of research on it and found out there's loads of interesting gin-related stuff in relation to past pandemics, outbreaks, etc. So I'm going to talk a bit about the history of various illnesses and their relationship to gin. 
So we've got that. We've also got a couple of interviews coming up, haven't we? We have some spectacular interviews, uh, as per usual, with two of our favourite uh, gin companies. Uh, yes. Two wonderful people from two of our favourite gin companies. We've got Chris Garden from Hebel. Yes. And Rob Patchett yeah. from Cotswolds. Yeah. Uh, we really wanted to find out what people within the industry are doing at the moment. Obviously, it's tough times for everyone. Um, and the hospitality industry and the drinks industry is certainly feeling the, the strain. So we wanted to find out what's going on, how you're all doing. Yes, we're concerned about everybody that was involved in the uh, industry. Because well, uh, obviously, there's a lot of furlough going on. There's a lot of people... Uh, uncertain about the future mm-hmm. so we're just making sure that everyone in the industry is all right so we're getting in touch with you all and if you want to get in touch with us as well do uh, feel free to do so on all our social media mother's room podcast at gmail.com or our instagram which is mother's room podcast yeah uh, shout out to grilled cheese and gin who got in touch with us a shout uh, now they've recommended to us scottish rugby gin by eden mill it's a milk thistle the most Scottish gin I've ever heard of. Yeah. And um, what they said was that it was lovely. Very smooth drinking, floral with a bit of mellow spice. Yeah, I don't I can't be caught with smooth drinking gins. I need I need something harsh about it to stop us drinking the whole bottle at once. Oh I see. I need something to stop me doing it. <laughs> I mean like that's I mean, I'm happy to have a smooth drinking one and I'd drink it all day and I'm sure it's delicious, but just, And therein lies the problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need something to go, oh, that's, that's a bit harsh on the throat. Yeah, but just, just, just a couple of glasses, Matthew. Should we be worried, Matthew? No, it'll be fine. I haven't got a problem. I've got it in control. I can quit any time I want. Okay. Uh, so thank you very much, Grilled Cheese and Gin. A uh, great Instagram account with lots of grilled cheese and lots of gin. Yeah, I mean, so, they, they, haven't, they haven't left any mystery with the title. <laughs> so follow them. And huge thank you to you for your recommendation. Now, shall Indeed. we get on with the show? Let's get on with the show. So as I've said, in this quarantine special, we're going to look at some past pandemics, outbreaks and epidemics and examine their relationship to gin. Now, I wanted to do a disease wheel where we would spin the wheel and land on a disease and then talk about it. But um, Matthew felt that would be Yeah, I stepped in. I thought that was a little bit... (laughs) I mean, we are being very serious and taking it very seriously, but a spinning wheel with bright colours that you couldn't even see. So it would basically just be for us. Yeah, and if Matthew Reed tells you something is distasteful, don't do it, because that means it probably is. Mm -hmm. Um, So we won't do that. Uh, But we will just talk about a few of these uh, diseases. So... Shall I? Shall I? Shall I jump right in? Yes. Where do we begin? Well, let's be, let's begin with the with the bubonic plague, shall we? Oh, that's nice. A classic. Classic. Uh, the bubonic plague. No, don't do that. Okay. Again, distasteful. I apologise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not distasteful. It's just terrible. <laughs> It'd be alright if you could do impressions, but you keep. Oh, I, and apparently, I've I've just I've heard from various listeners that there's two sides open up, and some people said, "Well, I'm Team Sarah, and I'm Team Matt." When did this happen? It happened when you started to make fun of my wonderful impressions. That's when it happened. Team Sarah. If there's a war on, you are the one who took the first shot, Matthew. Team Sarah. Who would... Why? Anyway, the plague. Team Matt. Anyway. (laughs) Now, most of the international plague outbreaks took place before gin was actually called gin. Mm. So you think the bubonic plague, really, you think the kind of, uh, I don't know, 15th century 
maybe. Mm. And back then, of course, to we Brits, certainly, gin wasn't gin. No. We were probably drinking wine, or maybe gutter beer or something. Yeah. But according to... Spittoon cider, there's <laughs> yeah. one. But I believe there were some outbreaks in the 17th century. And around that time, juniper was being used, as were various botanically infused concoctions. And according to the BBC, one 17th century recipe for a botanical infused tonic of rue, sage and two pints of wine serves as an excellent drink against the plague. I think it serves as an excellent drink, two pints of wine. Mm. Doesn't sound like the classiest of drinks. No, and I don't know what rue is and what it tastes like. So maybe that's something that we could uh, we could make yeah. on the show, like dog's nose. Two pints of wine. Uh, we've got two pints of wine. I know, we've in- got two pints of wine, but we don't want to put bloody... Sage and ruin it. I think we should do it for the Speaking purposes. of rue, that's how you'll feel the next day. <laughs> but I, I'm not going to talk too much about juniper because we've talked about juniper we and have. plague in the past on other in shows. extensive detail. Yes. Can you remember what we talked about? Yes. The plague masks, wasn't it? Yes. Those big beaky doctors. Yes, that's correct. Uh, plague doctors would wear long, as you say, beak-like masks. And in the end of those beaks, they would stuff herbs and twigs and aromatic things and perhaps jun- a mouse and perhaps a mouse yeah. um, and juniper was was one of those things because yeah. they believed that that you caught the plague by breathing bad air mm-hmm. they were kind of kind of on, uh, onto something there but not with not with the plague but they were kind of onto something with bad air weren't they yeah so they thought that once you smelled something, that was you infected. And of course, um, like you say, they were edging towards the mark when it comes to things like airborne diseases, where you could inhale droplets or or whatever. Um, But yeah, like you you also say, the plague was mainly a bloodborne illness. The fleas bit infected rats and then bit us and infected us. But based on this misunderstanding that breathing nice fragrances Mm -hmm. could prevent you from catching the plague. They used to carry around handkerchiefs or posies, as they were called, Mm -hmm. stuffed with sweet-smelling herbs. Ah, I kept Mm. them in the pockets. Mm. That's where the rhyme comes from. Ringering roses. A pocket full of posies. Yeah. So in these napkins, they would have a range of different botanicals, and they would include things like rosemary, sage, mint, angelica, Masterwort, which I've never heard of. Sounds horrible. <laughs> mm, rue, as we've talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and wormwood. Wormwood. Yeah. Now we put wormwood in our dog's nose drink on yes, the very first <laughs> episode so of the show. We put wormwood <laughs> on the dog's nose. Yeah. What? No. Um, if you haven't listened to the first episode of the show, we made something disgusting called dog's nose, which is a Victorian drink which involves gin, beer, Absolute and heave. wormwood. And yes, it did make you physically sick. Yeah. Um, so, but yes, wormwood is a strange tasting herb (laughs) but this got me thinking now if the population had had access to the range of gins available today what might they have chosen in order to replicate those yes those various botanicals yes so i did some research and i had a look and found out for each one of these posy ingredients Mm -hmm. uh what gin you might drink mm-hmm. in order to fend it off. Okay, give us a herb. Okay, so rosemary. What yeah. would you say uh, for rosemary? My favorite, one of my favorite gins. That uh, gin mare. Gin mare, absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. The olive and 
um, rosemary taste yes. to this. Beautiful. Lovely savoury. Mm, it's a, it's a savoury gin. Yes, you should you should definitely try that one out if you haven't. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Um, for sage, I've chosen Monkey Forty Seven for sage. I mean, that leaves 46 others. It does leave 46 <laughs> others, but sage is quite a, a prominent, prominent flavour in Monkey 47. Yeah. Such a good gin. Such a good gin. Polished off half a bottle the other day. Half a bottle? Half a bottle. How did you manage that, Matthew? Yeah, I was on a very long Zoom call. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we've all been there we've in, all in been recent weeks. very long Zoom calls. Yeah. Now, for mint, I've chosen a wild card. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't many gins that contain mint, but... There is one, and we have one in the Mother's Ruin Gin Cabinet. Can you remember what it is? No. Okay. It's um, that boutique gin company. Oh, right, well, they've got every flavour going yes, on there. Yes, they have. And it's we could have done this whole thing on there. With them, <laughs> with yes. Them, yeah. But it's, it's the Mojito Gin. Ah, oh, right, yes, that was a delicious one. Yes, because mm. we got the advent calendar, didn't we? We tried to try to scull through the lot in one show. I was, I was, I crawled to bed that night, I think. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think I, I lost the power of speech <laughs> yeah. at one point. Yeah, worth it though. Yeah, um, so that's what I've chosen for mint, mm-hmm. which is highly recommended, especially for summer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batiki Gin's got some crackers like finger lime and uh, moonshots. One of the cleanest gins I've ever that had. That is so yeah. so clean. And that's the one that went up in the space, isn't it? Yes, it is. But it is so crisp. It's yeah, yeah. And the mojito one. If you if you love mojitos but you're not such a fan of rum and would prefer to drink gin, this is absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um. What's next? Angelica. For Angelica, I have recommended a drop of the Cotswolds. I would always recommend a drop of the Cotswolds. Yes, and the and Cotswolds gin, for me, it's lavender that really comes through when you drink yeah. Cotswolds. But um, apparently Angelica is uh, one of the key botanical ingredients as well. Delicious stuff. Yeah. Now for Rue and Wormwood, I've chosen Physic Gin. Have you ever heard of Physic Gin, Not- Matthew? A clue. Yeah, now we haven't spoken about this gin before and it's a really interesting one. Do you want me to tell you about it? Yes, go for it. So the Oxford Artisan Distillery, or Toad for short. Clever. Yeah, is exclusively licensed to produce spirits for the University of Oxford. And it is therefore the only distiller with access to the Oxford University Botanical Garden. Swish. Mmm. Um, I was born in Oxford, so I've been many times to the Oxford University Botanical Garden, and it is—it's like a Garden of Eden. It's just full of amazing, beautiful-smelling flowers and herbs and weird things. Weird things. Yes, and a lovely koi pond. And as a well. lovely koi pond. Yeah, I do love a winter garden and a mm. botanical garden. Yeah, so they've—they've. They've foraged in this garden and um, produced physic gin, which is also distilled from ancient grains grown near Oxford. There you go. Oxford's just ripe for the picking. It is. It is rich in history. Yes. The master distiller, Corey Mason, says, The gin is medicinal in a good way. Botanicals like wormwood, rue and sweet woodruff bring a deeply complex flavour to bear and take us back to the time when plants formed the base of all medicine. Mm, there you go. What, <laughs> sweet Woodruff sounds like a sounds like a cowboy's sweetheart. I'm going back <laughs> to Sweet Woodruff. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what it tastes like. Again, never heard of it. No, neither have I. But before we move on from wormwood, I've also found out that Hendrix Oribum gin also contains wormwood. Now mm. we haven't tried this one, no, have we? We've tried summer solstice and the original, obviously, but we've not tried um, not tried the two new ones, the Oribum and the uh, the Luna. Luna. 
Yeah, I bought a bottle of that from my, for my mum. Ordered yeah. that online, and she said, and she's very discerning. Yes, she actually she slagged off one of my favourite gins. What was that? Do we need? Uh, or should we say? We'll not say, but she okay. did slag off one of my favourite gins. No, no, not for me. That and I was like, oh, else? I'm going to say what it was. I remember now. It was black tomato. Black tomato. Yes, but yes, she says that Luna gin is absolutely fantastic. So we'll cool. take your word for that, mum. Uh, oh yeah, because we're not getting any. That'll be finished by the time yes, this, this, this ends. Absolutely, but we will get our hands on some oribum because um not only does it contain wormwood it's also distilled with additional extracts of quinine and blue lotus blossom mm. so it's almost like a gin and a tonic rolled into one jonic a jonic yeah it's it sounds odd i have to say but as we know from our gin influencer show rose leslie who is the brains behind the flavor of hendrix is an absolute genius and a mastermind so we, I think we can trust her. Yes. We'll order a bottle. Yes, Hendrix is delicious. Mm. Now, finally, for Master Wart, I've chosen St. Charles Pharmacist Gin, another one that I'd never heard of. Have you heard of no, this one? No, not at all. It's apparently carefully distilled by Biogin Pioneer Distillery Farthofer. Farthofer. Mm, which is a wonderful name. A, it is in many ways. Try and reel it in, Matthew, yeah, if you really can. Yeah, in, Farthofer. Yeah. Um, and I looked on their website and it, it is actually uh, an apothecary the St Charles apothecary mm-hmm. so you can get cosmetics and lotions and potions and also this gin mm, that's brilliant mm. um, let's, let's order some yeah so that concludes the uh, the list the posy list of gins mm-hmm. some good, there's some delicious gins in there yeah They're absolutely all yes <laughs> that's it. and before we move on from the plague mm-hmm. not gin related but do you want to hear some of the other remedies that people suggested for treating the plague go on then okay uh, rubbing onions <laughs> like, like a like a smelly crystal ball <laughs> no. my, oh no is it, is it is it a sad future no it's not rubbing onions <laughs> Uh, I didn't actually mean just rubbing onions. Yeah. Um, rubbing onions, herbed, or a chopped up snake, if available, into the boils of the plague sufferer. A chopped up snake. A chopped up How snake. How did they get from rubbing onions and herbs to a chopped I up snake? I have no idea. That's and how freely available snakes were at the time. Yeah, no, must have been loads of snakes. Yeah. Um, also, gets better, cutting up a pigeon... And rubbing it over an infected body. Oh, I can't see. I can't see a pigeon having a disease. Well, I, see, I know psittacosis, left, right, and centre. But if don't worry, if you can't get hold of a pigeon, a chicken will suffice. No, phew. Mm. Thank goodness. Yeah. I was worried about that. <laughs> also, drinking vinegar. Yeah. Um, sitting close to a fire or in a sewer. Just sitting in a sewer. Yeah. To drive out the fever. Well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles certainly didn't have to worry about it. They didn't, no. no Splinter, he was he was free from the plague, even though he was a rat. That's true. Yeah. This is all tying together. It is. Perhaps the plague was the Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Turtles. Yep. Can anyone log into that? If you can, let if us know. If you can, that, that would be great. I mean, it's a time for conspiracy theories at the minute. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Some great ones out there. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, why not? Everyone else seems to be going for yeah, it. 5G sewers back yeah. then. <laughs> and finally, whipping yourself to appease God. I did know this. There's people that do that uh, in other relig- in religions as well, like other religions. that go around punishing themselves to almost go like, oh, no, you don't have to do it, God. Watch, I'll do it. 
but like it'd be like the same like because like God's punishment tends to be like wiping out towns yeah and stuff like that and they're yeah. just whipping themselves with a branch that kind of like oh ooh, ah, I've given myself a dead leg all done don't all I, done don't have to kill me first born God all punished <laughs> I've got a dead leg <laughs> so oh, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my niece found it highly effective to um, put herself on the naughty step after doing something naughty to completely um disarm my sister's ability to discipline her mm, yeah clever. so she, my sister would come down the stairs and find uh, evie just sitting on the naughty step well that kitchen was on fire yeah, well no she yeah, and she said why are you on the naughty step and evie just pointed to the bedroom and um my sister walked in and found lipstick all over the walls on duvet so so you know self-punishment clever. works clever yeah well what now Shall we talk about coronavirus? Well, let's get this out of the way, yeah, because mm. I wish we could get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, so we've just talked about some of the absurd um, theories that were bandied around in the time of the bubonic plague. So let's talk about <laughs> so let's talk about some equally um, absurd theories that have been bandied around during the current COVID nineteen outbreak. So, are you ready for some fake news? Fake news. <laughs> Number one. Quinine cures or prevents the coronavirus. Have you heard about this? I one? have, yes, I did hear it. Uh, but like, I think in every subculture, I think there was a this stops it. Mm. Uh, I think I think one of them was true. Actually, nicotine. I'm not sure if uh, nicotine was. I heard about nicotine, heard nicotine as well. I don't know if that's been dispelled yet. Well, I, it hasn't yet, so um, I'm happily vaping away. Vaping away, indeed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, according to Reuters, social media users have been sharing a video of a doctor making the claim that the quinine in Schweppes tonic water, and it does specifically mention Schweppes tonic water, will knock out COVID-19. Sharing the video, one Facebook user wrote, share this now. Doctor talks about the reality of COVID-19, a real doctor telling it like it is. If you have flu-like symptoms, get some Schweppes tonic water, which contains quinine, and use 50 to 100 milligrams of zinc. This is said to be a proven fast fix to knock out the coronavirus. Make this post go viral now. How do you knock out a disease? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, as we know, the quinine has been used... Malaria? Uh, ...against malaria in the past. Now... I don't think quinine ever knocked out malaria. No. I think it would reduce the fever symptoms yeah. and perhaps stop you from dying. But mm. it wasn't a cure s- no. as such. Um, a preventative. Mm, no, it wasn't a preventative. A slower downer. Uh, maybe, yeah, more like a slower downer. Slower yeah. downer, that's a word. Yeah. If it's not TM, me. Yeah. Anyone uses it, yours £10 a, per time. The, the, the phone lines will be on mm. fire with people asking you for the rights to that one, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, quinine was once used to treat malaria. So it does have some medicinal properties, but there are two major problems with this claim. One, there's no evidence that quinine is effective against COVID-19, which is a complete... But he was a real doctor. Yeah, yeah he was a real... Yeah, I know. Yeah. So... I bet you didn't even share the post. See, that's why. I didn't share If you don't post. share it, you'll get cursed and have oh, bad luck. Oh, no, if I don't send it to 59 people. Yeah, you're an idiot. I don't think I've got 59 Facebook friends, so it's mm. a problem there. You're square. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, malaria is a completely different pathogen to um, the coronavirus. So that's completely irrelevant here. Also, no brand of tonic water offers anywhere close to a therapeutic dose of quinine. Um, you're likely to float off like a gaseous balloon from all the tonic consumption before you come close to receiving anything 
like the kind of dose that people used to take it in for treating malaria. Yeah. Can I just uh, say that if you do take on a lot of fizzy drinks, you'll not float away because it's not what you want as chocolate factory and it's not helium. <clears throat> Any scientists out there, could you tell us if the human digestive system is capable of carrying enough helium gas? Yes, I'd like to know this as well, actually. <laughs> to enable a human being to float <laughs> yes, away. Yes, let's try that. Okay. If anyone can tell us that, then please, yeah. please... Please do. www.mothersruinpodcast.com. Is it mothersruinpodcast.com or mothersruin.com? Mothersruinpodcast. Okay. I'm going to say no. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. I think it probably depends on a number of factors. Mm. <laughs> Maintain enough helium to float away and live, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't say and yeah, live. And live. <laughs> You've added that retrospectively. Right, I could take the skin off someone and fill that and then attach it back to them, I'm sure. Right, anyway, that's a tangent. Okay, um, myth number two. Yeah, what's the myth number two? Gin can be used as a hand sanitizer. What do you think about this? I think it's an absolutely ridiculous thing to Why? do. Why? Are you wasting gin? Okay, you would be wasting gin. Yes, but... and definitely not enough alcohol in it. That's my theory. You'd be absolutely correct. Of course I'm correct. Yeah. Um, the average ABV of uh, gin is a, is about 40%, whereas hand sanitizers are usually about 70% pure alcohol. So not even navy strength gin is likely to be strong enough to kill COVID virus on your hands or, or, or any surface for that matter. Um, also, if you've got a bottle of gin that says 70% proof, on it, remember, proof is not the same as ABV, and therefore it doesn't mean you're looking at 70% alcohol. That said, mm -hmm. a number of distillers have turned their hand to making hand sanitizer, while demand for gin is low and demand for hand sanitizer is high. That's good. Yeah. I do remember if you bought a bottle of gin off of certain companies, I know fine well that they sent out a bottle of hand sanitizer with it, which was... Yes. It's just, it's just a nice little idea, isn't it? Yeah, the Bottle Club, yeah. I believe we're doing that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Bottle Club, yes. Uh, craft gin, maybe? So I don't mm. know. I think, I know a poetic licence for uh, making hand sanitizers as well. Yeah, to name a few other names. Um, Henstone Gin, Masons, mm -hmm. Spirit of Masham and Harrogate Tipple have all nice. done their bit. Producing hand sanitizer, I think, um, including for frontline NHS workers. So. Nice. Thursday club. Hats off to them. Thursday yeah, club. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, that one's busted. And also drinking alcohol will not help defend you against coronavirus. Make you care less. It might make you care less, which is probably not a good thing. Right. What else have we got? Now, in the bag of disease. <laughs> Pop your little hand in there with a glove on. Pop well, it back out. <laughs> speaking of whether gin can kill viruses and bacteria, let's talk about cholera. What do you know about cholera, Matthew? What do I know about cholera? King, king cholera. 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 Good word. It is a good word. Cholera. It's also a horrible disease. Oh, it's vile. Yeah, yeah. But good about cholera. What do you know about cholera? I know it's from infected water supply. Yes, that's correct. That's my... That's my... The extent of my knowledge. And I know okay. it affects poorer company, companies. Poorer countries a yes, lot more. Yes, it does. Where there is a, a lack of, a lack clean, of water clean water and sanitation. So yeah, cholera, it's a bacteria. Mm -hmm. It's quite nasty. It causes uh, death in about 50% of sufferers. Good Lord. Or certainly it did when it was... 
sort of virulent virulent in the UK mm. uh, around the worst the... Sex Pistols album ever <laughs> <laughs> a virulent in the UK again with these I think that was quite good it was alright okay um, causes diarrhea and severe dehydration um, not very nice at all and during the 19th century there were a number of outbreaks of cholera in the UK uh, as you say caused by contaminated water supplies now in recent years scientist Janet Guthrie was researching the 19th century cholera outbreaks that took place in her hometown of Inverness Mm -hmm. According to an article in the Scientific American, her interest was piqued when she came across a poster from the time urging people to avoid uncooked fruits and vegetables and to drink fermented and spirituous liquors, at least in moderation. A poster? Do they used to do posters about how to avoid mm. stuff? Like, I suppose like now? Public health Yeah, public warnings. health warnings on posters. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so... Inverness, as you know, Matthew, has a long history of spirit production and spirits would have been readily available there at the time. I've been there on a night out. Have you? Good Lord. What's it like? Tell me. It's great. It's, um, you know, it's punchy. Bit punchy. Yeah. (laughs) Bit punchy. Bit punchy, yeah. Mm. Lovely place, so beautiful. Some lovely buildings and stuff. Yeah. I've never been myself. Um... But what Janet was interested in was whether there was any truth in the claim that drinking spirits could protect you from this deadly disease. Mm. So, using gin, Guthrie set out to test what happens to cholera when it comes into contact with alcohol. Now, the gin made in Inverness in the 1800s had water, probably contaminated water, added after distillation. So, that means that... um, none of the bugs would have been removed during the distillation process. So so Janet wanted to find out, would the alcohol be enough to kill the bacteria in the water that was added Mm. after distillation? So what she did was she added cholera bacteria to some flasks of water and then added London dry gin in various concentrations. Mm. Where's she getting cholera from? Well, she's a scientist. Don't don't all scientists just have some cholera (laughs) hanging around in their cabinet? Just a block of cholera. Uh, Pop round, can I have a slice of that? A a, slice of cholera. A slice of cholera. Yeah. Like a loaf. (laughs) Like a big chunk jelly loaf. No, this is making me feel weird now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, she somehow managed to get her hands on some cholera. Um, Hope she washed them. (laughs) You're not using gin? No. So what do you think happened when she added the gin to the uh, infested water in varying concentrations? Um, It got tastier and tastier. It certainly would have got tastier and tastier, but did the cholera die or did it survive? I'm going to go into gin's corner and say it died. Yes. Gin, gin. Yes. Yes. You're correct. You're correct. Ding, ding. And it, it, it killed the cholera in all of the concentrations. Really? Yeah. The only difference was that where she where she only added a small amount of gin, it took much longer for the cholera to be eliminated. So hmm. it took between 1 and 26 hours, depending on the concentration. Now, what Guthrie didn't study was whether drinking gin could actually kill the cholera bacteria within your body. I see. Mm. But others have done similar experiments, mainly with wine, not so much with gin. Wine? What's wine going to do? Well, you scoff. Scoff, scoff, scoff. (laughs) One uh, study used a simulated gut 
and added various different types of bacteria and some wine. And they found out that, amazingly, the wine did affect the levels of bacteria in the simulated gut, including Helicobacter polyori, the mm. bacterium that causes stomach ulcers. Mm. Now, this was all just simulated, so it mm. wasn't in real human beings, so I'm not suggesting. Yeah, if you get cholera accidentally, <laughs> if you have a bit of cholera... If you have a slice of cholera... Yeah, don't, if you've buttered your cholera slice and you've just wolfed it down, follow it with gin, not wine. No! No, what? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the lesson I've learned here. No, don't rely. If you've had a dodgy burger, which is probably a more realistic scenario than yeah. having a slice of cholera, um, don't, try and, don't try and kill the dodgy, all the bacteria with gin because it hasn't been proven. But um, there is some evidence to suggest that maybe alcohol, even inside the body, can affect pathogens inside it there you go mm. unsung hero yeah so the moral of the tale is that gin may have contributed to a lower death rate in Inverness mm, well done Inverness mm. for being absolute pissheads yeah <laughs> okay so that concludes our tour of uh, gin and its relationship to various diseases yep go and uh, go and have some gin we'll crack on Gin News headlines today. Post-taste. Online tasting experiences with Eden Mill. Isolation. World's best gin bar opens for 24 hours to sell slushies. And Deadpooling his resources. Ryan Reynolds helps out the gin industry once more. Right. Uh, Eden Mill has been doing gin boxes that include an online tasting session. They get five uh, gins and mixes, fever tree mixes, and they get a link to watch live a live tasting which is done by the hosts Steve Lowry, McKay and Chris Weir, who are, by all accounts, because I've read up on this, exceptional at what they do. Mm. So you get all of the ingredients. You don't get the garnishes. You okay. might have to sneak that into your essential purchase list. Yeah. Because uh, I doubt lemons are, lemons are in scarce supply and stuff like that. Mm. So pop along the shops, get your garnishes, and they'll do it live with you. And you can have a little sit down. You can chat to everybody else. There's a little chat room, so you can talk to everybody else that's involved. That's fantastic. What a lovely idea. It's, it's nice to keep everyone together, keeps everyone busy. And Eden Mill, award-winning gin company. Award-winning, uh, yep, yeah, one of the best gin. And uh, also, uh, apparently, the it's a lot cheaper than it normally is. It's £50 for the box. It might sound like a lot, but it's five bottles of gin, which so I think are probably bottles. miniatures, yeah, mm. or maybe it's two doubles, I think. Your five mixes, uh, and that's 75 quid on its own. Yeah. But when you're paying 50 quid, you get the link to this, so you can join in with this, and they'll tell you how to prepare the best drinks with uh, the gins you've got. And they'll talk you through each one. Yeah, I'll show you exactly that's how to make it. That's a fantastic it. idea. It's, it's a lovely gift See, as well. See, that's one of the things that I think has um, come out of this current crisis, that the apps, the ingenuity oh, that super. we're seeing from yeah. people. Yeah, and this is, this is a marvellous uh, way to use... Uh, Use the new technology that everyone's got. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I'd never heard of Zoom until this has happened. Yeah, no, me neither. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, well, fantastic. Uh, so what, you can just you just buy that online, do buy you? Buy that online and yeah. then they'll give you a link and a date and a time. And fantastic. Everything. Great. So what's this about uh, Gin Bar opening for 24 hours? Well, you know our favourite gin bar in the world? Where Forty St Paul's. Forty St Paul's yeah. in Birmingham. Uh, yes. Uh, our favourite barman in the Amman. gin a man, he opened for 24 hours to spread a little joy. Yeah. And do the gin slushies. The gin know. slushies are th- one of the best things I've ever tasted. Yeah. Oh. We had a elderflower one 
That was one of the most delicious things I've ever had. Yeah. So refreshed. Yeah. So he opened... You opened for 24 hours. A little bit of joy. So anyone he said, and he specifically stated, anyone walking past, don't come here specifically. If you walk past and you see it, then that's fine. Oh, so he was selling these in the... Selling these out the front of his... uh, Out the front of the bar uh, in every guideline possible. But then he learned that there was a lot of criticism because people are people. And... uh, Eventually, he learned that some people were driving specifically to come and get one. Ah, right. So, and he himself shut it down, which is a very sensible thing to do. Well done, yeah. a man. And he's absolutely—he was devastated it was happening. But I've just learned recently that he is doing deliveries of them. Oh, fantastic! Yep, that'll be good. Delivering slushies, though, he'd better have a cold car. I'm sure he's got a cool box or something. Maybe he's got a machine. Yeah, maybe he's one of those slush puppy machines. So in you the can back. plug into yeah. the cigarette lighter. In oh your wow! A <laughs> man, tell us if this is true. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds has shown again that he's a class act by donating 30% of his aviation gin products in the UK to the Drinks Trust, a charity that's been set up to help the drinks industry at this terrible time. He said, the UK is not only the home to the world's most discerning gin drinkers, good one Ryan, but also the gin tenders themselves. In an effort to support the bartenders we know and love, we will be donating a tip for every bottle purchased online to support the invaluable work the Drinks Trust continues oh, to do. Oh, hang on, so this is a UK charity? Yes, yeah, a UK charity, every bottle of aviation sold in the UK. Oh, I see. Oh, brilliant. That's really nice of a minute. And in certain ways, if you want to come and do an interview with us, come do it feel free to get in touch with us. It's a Mother's Room podcast. Deadpool, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, give us signed goods, you know. Take us to a premiere. Cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, what a good lad. Yeah. He's a good one. I like him. Mm. And that's Jenny News. Time for a couple of interviews now, I would say. Just find out what our lovely drinks industry is up to whilst yeah. we're locked in our lovely houses and or rubbish houses. Yep, yeah, so first off, we're going to go over to Chris Garden. Yes, from the wonderful Heppel Distillery. Mm. Lovely Heppel. That's my, uh, incidentally, Heppel, if you want that as your theme tune from now on, uh, feel free if you ever do adverts on the television. Lovely Heppel. That's uh, that's, uh, something I wrote myself. We'll be waiting for your call. Yes, here's the interview. Now it's interview time again at Mother's Ruin. We are here with Chris Garden from Heppel Gin. Hello, Chris. Hello, how are we doing? Well, as well as one could be expected during this horrendous, (laughs) absolute nightmare of a quarantine. So are you, I understand, are you the only person working up at Heppel? Pretty much. Um, Walter, our sort of, you know, uh, the, the juniper planter and the man who looks after the junipers, was pretty much struck down with the virus. Oh. Um, I mean, he didn't get a test, but I mean, he was out of, the, you know, he was in his bed for three weeks. Um, and then we had to furlough, you know, our sales team and our sort of marketing team. Um, just being predominantly on trade focused, we just didn't have anyone to... You know, any customers really, so I've just sort of uh, doing everything a bit of production, a bit of marketing, a bit of sales where there is any, and uh, you know, steering the ship as it is. See, so, it's uh, fair to say that you are Heppel. <laughs> for, for, the, for, for the moment, I am, I am Heppel, uh, and uh, thankfully, Walter is much better, and, and he's, he's currently doing a bit of harvesting of the Douglas fir. Um, up the moors, but uh, I, I was Heppel for about a month, which was. Uh, <laughs> 
quite a lot of fun. Yeah? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't let the power go to my head, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I didn't. <laughs> so one of the biggest questions is what's happening with uh, the gin production there? I mean, what you're doing with what you're creating? Well, I mean, it, it is a little bit of hibernation, really. Um, we, we've started selling from our website, and we're donating, uh, you know, £9.30, which is a sort of uh, hour's living wage to the uh, Hospitality Action Campaign. Lovely. And, you know, we're just doing what we can. We're sending bits of gin to some people, and, um, you know, there's just not much to do. We've just done a big bottling run, so we're just sitting on a lot of stock, and, um, you know, we're just hoping and praying that it, it gets sort of back to, to normal as soon as possible, really. So the, the charity, can you tell us a bit more about the, the charity that you're involved in? Yeah, it, it, exactly. So it's it's basically anybody in the hospitality industry, so bartenders, sommeliers, chefs, um, you, you know, anyone who's uh, come across hard times because of the, 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 you know, the job situation. And, and this really has created... I think it's about a million people have lost their jobs in the hospitality industry. So Good God. Um, th- these guys have opened up a fund and anyone who's you know hit a hardship, you know, tr- struggling to pay rent, um, you know, you can apply to them and, and hopefully they can help you out. That's, that's lovely. Heart to remain noble as well when you're starving yourself. <laughs> well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying that people are being furloughed from work and you've got a load of stock. Does that mean security is being furloughed? <laughs> just just saying just saying i mean we are we're based heckles based in the middle of nowhere sort of deep inside the northumberland national park yeah. and uh there's some sort of on-site security that you wouldn't want to uh, come across <laughs> in a dark evening especially in the middle of nowhere where you can definitely find a hole in the middle of the casino disappear into a peat bog and uh to be discovered in about 200 years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, security is fine. And uh, we, we store a bit of our stock at the distillery, but not, not much. At yeah. All. So you've mentioned that the majority of the trade you do is with the hospitality industry. What are you finding in terms of consumer behaviour? Are you finding that there is still a, a demand from consumers for large quantities of gin? Uh, absolutely. Um, there's definitely been a pickup in the number of websites that are selling our gin. Um, you, you know, uh, we've definitely opened up some new doors. The brilliant Wyland Brewery uh, have put us on their website to, try oh, and, you know, to help us along. And, you know, they're great. And uh, the great thing about the, the booze industry is that everyone does uh, try to help each other. Uh, we've noticed that, that, yes. It's, it's, a great, it's a great industry. Yeah. It is. You know, even the biggest, you know, the biggest of the big guys are... are, are donating uh, alcohol for hand sanitizer and, and, and trying to help where they can. And it, I think the real, the people who aren't helping are the sort of the people outside the industry, the sort of the landlords um, who, for whatever reason, are just sort of protecting their own interests and not really looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, but, but um, you know, we are, we are selling a bit and, 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 and people like, uh, like One Brewery have sort of taken us on and, and put us on websites. And, there's sort of initiatives like the Food and Drink Northeast initiative that are looking to sort of do a cooperative and pull everybody together and you know really get the the Northeast products out there. So, you know, in, in in times like this, you do see the best in people, and sadly, you do see a little bit of the worst in people. Yeah. But I think the the number of good people always outshines the uh, the bad people. 
That's Absolutely. Yeah, a, a positive spin on everything, isn't it? Uh, have you, did you have anything uh, new that you've had to put back till after this? Well, absolutely. We we were doing a sort of um, up at Hepa. We've got our own wild juniper bushes, and we use the the green berries through our vacuum still as yeah. part of our gin making process. And when you're harvesting the green, you do get a couple of the the purple ripe berries. Um, and we have been over the last couple of years sort of germinating the seeds from the purple berries and 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 planting juniper back into the estate, back onto the estate. Mm-hmm. And we were just about to launch the sort of the the Hepa Juniper Trust which is really trying to return the land to how it was. So there was thousands of juniper bushes up at Heppel. The farmers sort of got rid of them. So we're, we're trying to put them back. And obviously, you know, juniper takes a long time to grow. Uh, it's about sort of 14 to 16 years before a bush. Uh, and it's only the female bushes that produce the berries and will produce anything. So we're sort of trying to future-proof it. And maybe one day we'll be able to, to make a gin just with Heppel juniper berries. Okay. Um, so that... That would be lovely, and that you know we had some amazing bartenders, um, the, the likes of Alice Cortina, Monica Berg from from Taya in London, uh, Jörg Meyer from Lillian in Hamburg. You know they're all going to come across and uh, plant some junipers with us, and um, you know that, that's very much been put back. Um, obviously, nature still does its thing and continues, so we are still planting junipers, or Walter is still planting them at the minute, but. Um, Hopefully we can pick that pick that back up, but you know, in the in the in the alcohol industry, all the work that you do takes a lot of time. It's a real relationship industry, so you you spend a long time building relationships. And really, what this has done is it's just wiped out the last sort of six nine months of work and relationship that yeah. relationships that we've been building. Um, you know, to try and get our our, our spirits into into bars and. Um, you know, pubs, bars, uh, and venues, really. And this just sort of sets us really uh, back, you know, which is completely understandable, but we just have to wait and see see what will happen. But, um, you know, we do have some hopeful, exciting projects coming up. We're looking at, uh, we're always experimenting. You know, we're always playing around with flavours, and Val and Nick are always uh, coming up with crazy concoctions. Um, crazy, but actually, yeah. s- Sound. Devices and <laughs> exactly, so they're they're geniuses really, and we're always playing around with stuff. And uh, yeah, so so this this time does give us uh, this rest break, kind of gives us time to experiment and, and play around with flavors. And also, before we go, what are you drinking? Uh, I've got a little uh, nettle gimlet. It's sort of the right part of the tip, or the very tip of the nettle. Uh, a bit of sugar, a bit of citric acid, steeped in water overnight, uh, you know, filtered off, and then a uh, bit of apple gin, a bit of that sort of syrup, and a bit of lime juice. Whoa, um, that it, sounds amazing. Did you forage is, your own nettles for that? Uh, I must admit, my my stepfather, he's got a bit of a, a bit of a bigger garden than I do, so he 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 did it for us. But uh, I was gonna say, he's not looking after it well if it's full of nettles. <laughs> <laughs> It, it absolutely no, but, uh, one way of one way of cleaning up the nettles is to start sort of drinking them and eating them. Feeding them to his son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Eat nettles. Uh, it's a good exchange. I give him gin, he gives me syrup, so it works quite well. That sounds absolutely divine. Yeah, that's lovely. Can't well, wait. thank you very much, Chris. I really appreciate it. That was a lovely, uh, lovely chat. And uh, all the best, stay safe, wash hands, and whoever drew that picture, the devil in the background is very, very good at drawing. <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> we'll chat soon absolutely yeah all right, all right, right, thanks thank very much, so much take care of yourself and we'll speak soon brilliant
And thank you very much to Chris Garden there. Yes, excellent work, Chris. Lovely chap. And uh, now we go over to uh, Rob Patchett. Good old Rob. Yep, who is from the Cotswolds Distillery to find out what he is up to. And another lockdown interview in progress. This time we have Rob Patchett from Cotswolds. The Cotswolds Distillery. How are you doing, Rob? Uh, good to hear from you guys. Good to see you as well. Yeah. Uh, are you staying at home? Are you part of the distillery? Are you part of the... Because uh, let's be honest, gin is an essential industry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, from the Cotswolds front, we are still producing. You'll be happy to hear. Yes, we are. <laughs> so we are. Providing the world with our wonderful liquids. Uh, myself, being part of the sales team, I'm on furlough. Mm. So I am at home, staying home, staying safe and staying away from people, which is, I don't know if you can agree, but it's kind of like retirement. Yeah. You wake up and think, right, if I can achieve one thing today, then I've really achieved something good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're still producing, that's amazing. So is there still a demand um, or is it just that you're kind of stockpiling product for when everything goes back to normal again? A bit of both really, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, obviously we have, um, so the on-trade is not happening at all. Pubs, bars, restaurants are all closed, but uh, online shops, um, supermarkets such as Waitrose, you know, we're still we're still very, very active in Waitrose. Um, and then the export market as well. So, you know, it's, it's not ideal for any business, but you kind of got to take what you can get at mm. this point. So that's what we're doing, really. We're just sort of making sure that if you want to go out and buy a bottle of Cotswolds, then we're supplying everyone that we possibly can. Mm. A vital public service, I think. Yeah. We like to think we're contributing. So, uh, so there was a, there was loads of flavors coming out of the Cotswolds recently. So, uh, is that is it is it being reduced back to just the normal? Or are you still experimenting? Is all that uh, being knocked on the head during the pandemic? No, we uh, we're still producing boatloads of different stuff. Um, obviously, our new gin, Cotswolds Wildflower Gin, inspired by Cotswolds Wildflower Gardens, was always going to be released around March April time. You can't really forecast for COVID-19, so <laughs> we've done it anyway. So Cots Cotswold Garden Gin, that sounds uh, fantastic. Uh, what kind of stuff is in there? Because the Cotswolds Gin, it's quite, um, it it's quite kind of lavendery, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what with the wildflower gin, what we wanted to create was um, sort of like a spritz-style gin. But without the Prosecco and the soda, we just wanted something Whereas, if you added tonic or any sort of you know, sparkling mixer, it would still be the same as a spritz. So we're playing on making something of an aperitif-style gin with uh, lavender, rhubarb root. We're using some cornflowers, not cornflower. Um, and then we're also using some orange blossom just to make a really nice, like, bright, refreshing zesty style of aperitif gin it's really cool sounds really nice and so what's rhubarb root like because i mean a lot of people are using rhubarb at the moment uh you see rhubarb gin everywhere but but rhubarb root is that is that quite different does it taste quite different yeah it's so much more different it's more of a backup flavor and gives a more uh, a lot more earthy obviously it's got no citric element 
because I've been playing around with rhubarb, fresh rhubarb at the moment, but rhubarb root is just more of like an earthy style botanical. Um, gives us a little bit of colour, but not too much as well. Uh, so it's not a rhubarb gin, but there is an element of that within the actual liquid, which is which is cool. And, you know, it's it's the one gap in our gin portfolio we thought we needed. It's not a pink gin. It's just an aperitif style spritz gin, which sounds a bit fluffy until you taste the liquid and then you're just like, oh my God, I could smash a whole bottle of this. And it's 41 point, 41.7%. <laughs> but uh, So have you, are you stocked up? Yeah, I, I pretty much stocked up. I, I bought a few bottles and whatnot. Um, I had a pretty decent amount of whiskey before we locked down as well. So I've been playing around with that and then just utilizing the garden. So I had a big nettle bush in my garden that I dug up the other day. So I decided to make a nettle cordial and then batch that into a nettle martini. And I made a bottle of it so I can just keep it in the freezer. Yeah. That's so weird because we've we've been speaking to um, Chris Garden from Heppel um, and we said, oh, what are you drinking? And he was drinking a nettle martini. He was martini. drinking a nettle martini, yeah. No, it wasn't a martini. It was a, um, I think it was a gimlet. I, I, I nettle gimlet. He, uh, his, his dad was yeah. the, uh, makes the syrups for him and he was a, uh, he was sl, 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 he was slowing one of them down while we were on the phone room. So yeah, that's 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 really weird. Um, must must be nettle season. Yeah. And um, what <laughs> what does it taste like? Describe it. It's nice. It's got like this really nice. I mean, you can't describe tingly as a flavour, but it's definitely got that vibrant element to it. And mm-hmm. I make a bottle of it at a time so that you can just take it from the freezer and pour it out. You only need about forty mil for a bottle. Yeah. But it's it just gives a martini that little bit more of a vibrant zingy style flavor it's really good and it's just it's just using the weeds from your garden yeah. a friend of mine made a, a dandelion gin soda the other day mm. hang on doesn't dandelion have an unfortunate side effect or is that something we were just told when we were kids <laughs> to stop us from uh, yeah. playing well, with them i think we all know that if you drink too much gin of any kind of any kind you'll yeah. piss the bed yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was told the same about gin and dandelions as a child, so, you know, throw it to the winds, really. <laughs> exactly. We're all in lockdown. It's fine. We, if we want to piss the bed, we can piss the we bed. We want to piss the bed, though. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm pissing the bed now. I'm not even in bed, but I'm managing it somehow. The bed. <laughs> That's my next goal for next week. <laughs> so, uh, what? what uh, so... When you get back, are you uh, straight back into it? Just, I mean, just basically fixing the damage that this uh, this is done, really. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, as soon as there are pubs and bars and restaurants that we can take care of, then yeah. yeah. In the meantime, who knows? I mean, we've got no timeline really. Yeah, We're looking at a nine-week lead time, but no one's got any clue. So for now, it's just sort of keeping busy and being prepped and ready to come back whenever we can. Yeah. It's actually been really refreshing. We've uh, I, I've been having like weekly Zoom martini hours with some other <laughs> friends within the industry. That's so like nice. Pippa from Pink Pepper and um, a, a few others. Um, ben from Prosira Gin. Have you heard of it? The Nigerian gin? No, no. It's, it's delicious, but it's well expensive. Yeah. Um, so we meet up every Saturday for martini hour. Yeah, that's nice. Which is fun. But you end up having three martinis in an hour at least. Yeah. Well, it's going off after 40 minutes. I'm not subscribing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this Saturday might be time for my mattress trick. 
<laughs> indeed, yeah, indeed. Like... Um, so um, that's lovely that you're kind of keeping in touch with others within the industry. So what's the what's the kind of mood like? Somber. Yeah. yeah drunken. Yeah. Somber and drunken seems to be pretty uh, pretty consistent. Yeah. It's um, yeah. I mean, like I say, as a business, we're fine because we've got grocery listings and things like that. But yeah, for all my friends and myself who concentrate on pubs and bars. Well, there isn't an industry anymore, so we're just kind of staring at each other, shrugging, going, mm, do you want a drink? Should we have a drink on Zoom? Okay. Yeah. This kind of feels like when you're a kid and you get your favorite toy confiscated and taken off you. You know, yeah. everyone loves going out and having a few gin and tonics and all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's just been completely stripped and taken away from us. It's like, oh, I was just enjoying that. Yeah. So as soon as we all get the opportunity, it's just like, yeah, I'll have a double gin and tonic and yeah. keep them coming down yeah. Wherever you appreciate, you know, there's so many places I know that I'm looking forward to getting back to straight away. And I think you're right, and I'd like to believe you're right. So um, let's believe he's right. Yeah. Well, the Rob, you have predicted the future, and it's definitely happening. And right? lifted the mood. No. Yes. Yes. I. Good. That's all I. <laughs> that's all I can do. <laughs> well, Rob, thanks very much. Really appreciate your uh, really appreciate your time because I mean, obviously very busy playing with rhubarb so uh <laughs> okay and before you go have you got a top tip for something to make or create during lockdown be it a cocktail you mentioned the cordial how can gin lovers keep themselves entertained over the next few weeks here's a good one for negroni lovers or people that like things like negroni so i i went through a phase in my life where people kept buying me decanters because they thought i was just old i've been making infinity decanters nothing to do with the avengers so like i was cleaning out my whiskey shelf the other day and i had like you know when you've got a couple of shots left in a bottle so i did an infinity decanter of whiskey in which i just emptied all of those bottles into one decanter like and then a dirty pint a dirty pint yeah, I mean, I, I like to think my, my words are a little classier. But, yeah, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> but I also did one as a Negroni as well. So I had, you know, I had some Aperol, some Campari, a few different types of vermouth and a load of like different gins. So I just kind of ratioed them all out. I made an infinity Negroni in a decanter because all you've got to do is just get a glass of ice and pour. Well, there you go. Yeah. I think we're infinity, to... infinity Negro- Negroni. Yeah. That's what you're gonna have, and or a dirty paint if you don't, if you're not posh like Rob. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great tip. Great tip. We'll uh, we'll definitely give that a try. Well, thanks very much, and look yeah. after yourself. Stay safe. Wash your hands and all that. You too. Uh, you too. Thank you so much, guys. Lovely to talk to you. Well, huge thank you to Rob for that. It's always a pleasure talking to yes, Rob. Yes, he's a good man. He's such a nice man. <laughs> he is a nice man. Um, and that's the end of the show. That's the end of our quarantine special. Yes, well, we hope you're safe and sound. We hope you've got clean hands. We hope you're with your loved ones and everyone's safe. Feel free to get in touch with us at mothersroompodcast.gmail.com and our Instagram page. Always happy to hear from everybody that has a listen to our podcast. Yeah, or on Twitter, Mother's Room Pod. Uh, there's, also, there's all sorts of yeah, ways to get in touch with us. Yeah. Just look after yourselves yeah. and stay safe and we'll be back soon. Mother's Room Podcast was written and performed by Matthew Reed and Sarah Dunley. 
Theme tune written and performed by Holly Jazz Cotier.